Hi there, before we start, if you're new to our show, thank you so much for tuning into our program and we hope you'll stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. We're really grateful for all your kind words and encouragement. You really help this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of the people who look like us and as women and people who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple and Google or Spotify. Leave us a rating and a review. And if you'd like to support us, please head to Buy Me Coffee page to make a donation, which will help us to continue the intersectionality of the podcast industry. Hey all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we are Asian Bitches Town Under talking about disorientation, the book that Helen's just finished, and we're in the middle of a conversation, and I was like to Helen, please just tell me the ending. Yeah, so how far did you we get were, to Because we were book? infuriated. I, I got really infuriated <laughs> by whiteness. <laughs> <laughs> you were just talking about how people using white passing, yeah. even though if they have Asian background and it's just for their own sake of privilege, privilege. and benefit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. So how far did you get to the oh, So I got halfway through. I, I, I think I left the book in the middle where she's like um, sneaked into, snuck into that guy's house and discovered okay. the white guy has been putting on... Basically, it's a, it's a story, guys. If you don't know, Disorientation is a book about um, a woman who works in academia and she realises that a famous tri- Chinese writer has actually been a white guy all along who has been mm. posing as an Asian. Mm-hmm. So tell us what happens at the end, Helen. Well, so you find it, found out. So yeah. uh, eventually that she, her um, academic advisor, uh-huh. the, the one who was kind of nudging her to, nudged her to do this, dissertation about the poet yeah the Asian poet yeah the Asian poet was who is a white guy who is the head of of East Asian department or something like that like she she had a reckoning of realizing oh how come all the leaders in all these Asian departments are still white people white people (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and um she actually she finally found out that this um white dude who was posing as a Chinese-American poet has worked with her advisor all along. So her, her advisor knew that for the past 35 years yeah. that this Chinese poet is actually a white guy. A white guy, yeah. So they were yeah. benefiting from, from each other. Um, the Chinese literature culture for their own purpose and saying that, oh, we're not racist, you know. Um, it's, yeah, just, cool. it's just very fucked up. I mean, the, the story, the novel is definitely brilliant, but mm-hmm. the intention, you can just see the intention from the white people is just um, the audacious level that they will go to yeah. to pose themselves as an... As a minority. Um, as a minority to yeah. gain the benefits mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's often, it reminds me of this thing I often come back, return to over and over again, um, this theory of victimhood that has been, you know, uh, espoused by the theorist Barbara Johnson. I think in the 80s, and this idea that um, often the dominant, uh, the dominant culture um, will do whatever it can to continue dominating through um, and um, throughout every single sphere in society, including 
um, claiming the victim statushood. So what often happens like in white supremacy spaces is like, um, especially, you know, the Proud Brothers or anyone who follows Trump um, religiously, um, they often claim victimhood for themselves, saying, you know, like posing them as, themselves as the victim, like I'm losing these rights, I'm the one being having my um, privileges thwarted, you know, because of X, Y, Z. I'm always kind of placing themselves as a victim when, when actually the real victim is, you know, um, like if you're the white, minority. you're not a victim, you know. Uh, yeah. Like and if, if you're white, you already are in a position of um, you can't claim victimhood in terms of like, you know, the racial status that um, this his, the world and the history of the world um, has already kind of claimed. Yeah. It's, oh, you say it so brilliantly, I think, yeah. Because of the novel, even though it's a fiction, but it really portrays how it really reflects on reality as well. Because you see how her, her advisor, a white guy who is um, essentially benefiting from promoting a minority's culture and literacy, it turns around when it was exposed, saying that, oh, you can't censor me of what I want to do. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That is like the most. And the freedom kind of, of speech, all that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. People who espouse the idea of, like, the importance of freedom of speech are often people who uh, benefit from uh, patriarchy, from heteronormativity, you know. Anyone outside of those um, communities knows the harm that... um, knows the visceral harm it feels when someone says something against your personhood, you know. Mm. So you never hear, like, um, you know, a gay black... uh, a gay black disabled person saying oh yeah i'm all for free speech because you know often free speech is just yeah it's 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 the it's the uh it's the it's again like barbara rob johnson says it's the the majority posing as the victim Mm -hmm. yeah i mean claiming freedom of speech even if we say that we you know we're all for freedom of speech we're usually the one that is been censored, uh, the minorities have been censored, been attacked, and been trolls online. This is what happens when I see like this week. Um, should we get into some of the news? The Queen. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Let's talk about stuff like we wanted to cover. Um, uh, just two news items this week before we hop onto our major cultural consumption uh, list. But yeah, uh, news of the Queen. I guess everyone's talking about it. How are you feeling generally about it, Helen? I mean, we're in Australia, so we can't avoid it. We're part of the Commonwealth. Yeah, I but, know. But uh, what do you see? Do you see this end, the end of the monarchy? Does anyone care about Charles anymore? It's not really the end of monarchy, but I think just the media is really over-reporting about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, at the end of the day, Australia is still Commonwealth, and if we raise the issue of, oh, we should be republic now, I think a, a lot of right-wing... Um, groups will say that oh it's you know it's a death of the queen we should mourn for her it's not the time to talk about republic it's not the time mm. that we should talk about all the colonizing genocide shits that done before we should just praise mm. them or what they did all that kind of bullshit and mm. even if the ones who are the actual victims of the colonial colonialization mm. You get censored. You get yeah, of course. You get lashed out, saying that oh, it's not the time that to do that now. Yeah, or how can you be so disrespectful of a <laughs> of a of yeah. an old lady or something like that? I'm just rolling my eyes to my yeah um, eye muscles are spasm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, this yeah. is a high spasm in eye muscle, face twitching kind of few weeks. Yeah, I, um, I've tried to just like um, evade and turn away from all the chaos that's happening online. Although I have been interested in, I guess, a couple of things like superficially, I'm interested in the difference, the kind of re- reoccurring, reoccurring hatred against me- Meghan Markle. I just think like that's like kind of for me superficially interesting. Like, is it is it is it really that because she's half black, or is it really because like what are the reasons why there's so much hatred against her? Um, I I don't like I could I guess espouse a million different um, you know uh, reasons possible reasons, um, but it's just kind of like it's exhausting to see that come back again I mean, she she and harry left to the royal family for those reasons precisely you know so i i knew uh, it was like un it was it was absolutely certain that this was gonna um plague them the moment that they landed in the uk again you know that she would be criticized mm. like she was criticized for holding hands with her husband oh my god um, in the during during some like ceremony or something yeah and like the other two like other princesses were not criticized when they held hands with their husbands um uh yeah i think um, it's the fact that one she's a total outsider yeah she's a total outsider yeah and she was she married once i think she was divorced yeah yeah woman gets criticized a lot more compared to men yeah in regards of your past marital status and your racial background especially monarchy stands for the widest of the pinnacle of the widest that's what i I think that's what i think yeah i don't know how that's why i was i was telling um i was telling my friends this week like um for me i don't really put a lot of thought into what's happening because um or not 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 just what's happening but also in general my life i haven't thought much about the queen at all um Mm. because they're so they're they're like like you said the apex of conservatism and and all the wrongs of the world and it's just like why why would i waste my energy thinking about mm-hmm. them you know yeah. and also just like the the kind of facade of what they represent you know like um prince prince william like her husband her what his wife kate like they're so like um, polished and immaculate and manicured that I, I just hate those people. I feel like yeah, they're the same. fakest people ever. Mm-hmm. It's just like the, the more kind of presented and presentable you are, the less likely I'm going to ever look at you because like um, the just me. This is a general blanket rule in my life, Helen. Mm-hmm. Like um, I don't pay, I don't like really well put together people. Like the moment I find myself face to face with a well put together person, I always think, what are you hiding? You yeah, know, they're like not genuine. When, when you see someone yeah. with Botox or, like, if you see a woman with, like, perfect <laughs> immaculate skin or, like, you know, like, um, fake eyelashes or, like, really beautiful, just went to the hairdresser, blown, blown, I got my hair, dre- my hair blow dry kind of hair and high heels and, you know, good body. I'm just, like, uh, I don't trust you. There's just something inherently untrustworthy about good-looking, polished people, mm. in my opinion. <laughs> and I also think that, you know... Um, the royal family, and especially what had happened with um, Andrew. Oh um, yeah, no, it's, I don't even want to call him Prince absolute, Andrew. He's just a you know he, Andrew. This pedophile. Andrew you mean a pedophile? Yeah, the pedophile. <laughs> I, I cannot believe 
they can the all the shitty media in UK can write so much about Megan and yeah. I, I hardly see anything that yeah, they're exactly. criticizing Andrew. It's pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh there's yeah. no evidence, it's settle ourselves to court, you know, all kind of shit and I don't wanna <laughs> I don't want yeah. to waste my you know, energy on To that, that yeah. point, Helen, um I wanted to add like this kind of stu- the egregious double standard that we continue to be swimming in t- in today's t- climate um mm. is uh so there's been a really big controversy in sydney in australia at the moment in regards to an a an nrl player by the name of caitlin moran mm-hmm. now she's an indigenous um nrl player and she's mm. come under fire for um posting a tweet on her social media mm-hmm, i think yeah. a couple of hours after the death of the queen news came to light and um and then I, I just want to read what the tweet because yeah, I found because it online. Was, so I, it was removed. Like yeah, it's removed now. Um, but yeah. the tweet was, she wrote, Today's a good effing day. Uncle Luke, who's a country singer, Luke Coombs, announces his tour and this dumb dog dies. Happy effing Friday. So she refers to the queen as a dog, um, as a dumb dog. And so she has been... F- suspended for a game and fined 25% of her salary for wow, the season. That's a lot. Yeah, and it's very Ridiculous. severe when you think about when you think about, you know, in comparison the penalties that um other, you know, and NRL players, male NRL players have had to uh, have been thrown, you know, like um woman abuses. Yeah, exactly, rapists, you know, um mm, I know, it just gets me so angry. It's not only double standard, it's both racist and sexist and um, there's a freedom of speech. There you go, guys. You know, we cannot have our own freedom of speech. Women Whenever, of color yeah, cannot we, have exactly. freedom of speech. No, you know, exactly. you get penalized and reprimanded Way so more. hard. Yeah, yeah, so hard. It's ridiculous. I have to think about like, you know, like I, I and, and like I'm over this now, but like two years ago when I wrote that scathing review of a fellow writer in mm. Sydney. I often think, um, will I have received such backlash if I was white? I often think that. Mm. I, oh, yeah, um, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think I think about it as much these days. I, I think I know the answer to that, which is no. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have received as much backlash. Um, it's like whenever someone in the minority position behaves with the entitlement or displays the entitlement that normal people in the majority display it's like how dare you yeah, how white, dare you white people. claim yeah exactly how, how dare, dare you, you claim the power that white people yeah, exactly. uses yeah 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 exactly yeah um because we don't see what Paul, pauline hansen made a really egregious comment in regards to what um the green senate marine well, what's her name Faruqi. Faruqi. Faruqi, yeah, yeah. What, what did she say um she made a really nasty comment on replying her tweets, but essentially at the end she said, just pissed off back to Pakistan. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's racist, okay? And that yeah. is really bad, but no one's really calling her out. She's yeah. not getting penalized from her job. Yeah. You know, because why? Yeah. Because she's white and because also she's <laughs> yeah. a white politician that gives yeah. her more power to attack yeah. another... Um, woman of color who is also also a politician yeah. but just in fact that she was listing down all the things that all the shitty things that the monarchy said or monarchy yeah. do did that wasn't all the fact they are the facts you know yeah 
but it just come to the point that uh, yeah, I'm always wasting time. It's getting me really tired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of reminds me, like, um, I had the very um, wonderful privilege last Sunday of hosting an event at the Antidote Festival mm. at the Opera House where mm-hmm. I spoke to Olivia Lang. And, in the, uh, and I spoke to her about her book, Everybody, which is a collection of essays about freedom, the body, etc. Um, and, uh, and there's this line in the book where Olivia says, like, and I asked her about this in the event. She, she says in the book... Um, People who are not subject to rules often don't believe that they exist. Um, people who are not affected by rules, mm-hmm. you know, of the body, like a, a black body or a female body, don't often think that there are rules. Do you understand? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, for an example, um, I have this kind of, like... Oh, it really I reminds get, I, me. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in. Yeah, I yeah, heard yeah. something. I can't... Because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts through during the week. And there was a quote from the podcast about whiteness, um, inheritant whiteness. And this guy was saying that most, this is the American podcast. He said that the laws in in US protect the white people, but they do not enforce on white people. Whereas it's yeah. opposite for the people of color, the laws are forced on people of color but they're not protecting the people of color and i just thought that yeah. oh my god that's yeah just yeah so that's true. beautiful that is yeah. so beautifully put that's so true yeah um because white people create those laws yes so they can mal- they can make it malleable to suit themselves mm, mm. yeah so um going back to, yeah and it's a really good thread linking it back to what olivia said because i asked her like um how do we make these people realize that these rules do exist you know, like how can we make white people realize that, you know, to be in a black body, it means, you know, every day fearing for the safety of your body. Mm. Um, and, you know, as a woman, it means fearing, like protecting your vagina everywhere you go mm. from rape, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of people who are not women, men, they don't understand, they don't understand. how um, the, the, vo- the volatility of, you know, stepping out as a woman um, after dark, for instance, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah, so that was something I wanted to ask her. But, you know, like, to be honest, Helen, um, I asked her because of, because, you know, we want to hear Olivia's, obviously we all want to hear Olivia's opinions about this. But if someone asked me that question, like how do we make white people understand um, how hard it is to live in a non-white body, um, I would just say I can't be bothered. Like I can't be bothered yeah, changing ti- white people. Yeah, yeah, because, like, they'll never change. tiring, yeah. Yeah, like there's... I'm only interested in, I guess, like building a future um, for Asian people and people of color, where like we can live in, we can live in like a body that feels safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not like, and I guess you know, the, I just, I, I want to live in a world. I want to build a world where like my my nephews and nieces who are like Asian cannot, um, can can like kind of be flooded with all the beautiful things that white people are are given you know are given mm. all the benefits and the entitlement of of uh, any of any other ordinary white person and for me like it's it, that the way to do that is not to change the minds of white people i just like i'd rather just like who cares i don't want to engage with them like if they're not willing if they if they, if they don't see um these rules um then i'm not interested in trying to convert them 
Mm, you know? I see. Yeah. Because it gets to the point that it's just so exhausting that you're wasting your energy onto something that you know it will have little achievement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the point of what we do on this podcast is that, you know, we, we talk about and explore a lot of identity politics as well. And I'm sure there are our listeners out there who are white, who unavoidably that I can't deny that they are obviously our allies, but there's so much to learn because just basically you're being in a body of either a colour person or a white person is very, is totally different how you yeah. move around the world. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, I mean, in saying that, um, I feel like we, this is a whole other topic we can talk about some other time, but like I, in saying that though, yes, we are completely different, but also I feel like um, whenever I move in really rich spaces, like if I go to a theatre if I go to like some hipster bar in Surrey Hills or if I go to the STC or Belvoir mm-hmm. um, or if I go to um, just any space with rich, wealthy people, the only people of colour I see are Asians. We're like the most adjacent, white adjacent race. And it makes me weird. It makes me feel, I don't know, weird. You, you know? have to put an antidote on that. It's the lighter skin colour Asians. It's usually yeah. the whiter Asians that are being more accepted Oh yeah, yeah, totally. You don't. Space, yeah, I feel. Yeah, recently I've been to a couple of things where I'm like, I did not see one single brown person. Mm. Yeah, or brown or black. Like I went to a comedy show on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. There's like not mm-hmm. one single brown or brown or black person. There were a couple of Asians, maybe like one or two. Mm. Um, there was something else I went to recently, where I was like, huh. There's like. All the all the all the brown people I saw, the only Asians I saw were like servers. Oh yeah, Damn. we talked about I need this my, before. Well, where it, did I go? I went I went somewhere recently where like there were there was a really fancy event and like the only person of color I saw was like an, an Asian woman carrying drinks. Uh huh. God, my mind's yeah. totally blanked. I do so much during the week. I just completely forget the moment I come home. Yeah, I think we've mentioned this before in our previous part as well that we talked about how in a lot of events that the, often the only people of colour that we see would be um, the caterers. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, the people who yeah. serve. Yeah, and yeah. It really shows how little that we have. Oh, yeah, how yeah. How little that we've speaking, come. Yeah. yeah, speaking of how little we have come um, in the last couple of decades... Uh, I this week um, now we're turning to the um, cultural consumption. This week I've been reading John Stoltenberg and his book Refusing to Be a Ban. Now John Stoltenberg. Oh, before we is, go into that, can I just quickly mention that? Yeah. The, the other piece of news, which is oh, a bit yeah, lighthearted, it's a bit funny as well. A yeah. tiny nursing home. That. Um, oh, this is great. Oh. This is so great. <laughs> I, I swear, Taiwan has. The, Taiwan's the best country in the, on the planet. No, actually, I, I take that back, but it's Taiwan one of the best. On, Taiwan gets on international news headline for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> it's also really? one of the funniest and the strangest reasons. So, um, a Taoyuan nursing home went under fire when a video went viral of a stripper performing in front of residents who are, like, apparently they're... Um, it's, a, it's a nursing home for males only or something like that. Yeah, and... Males only. Yeah, for the men's only. I don't know why, but um, 
It's just so funny I, when I saw it. Some people were saying that, oh, it's great. You know, old people need sexual arousals. Yeah. <laughs> fine. The entertainment is nothing wrong with it. They all wearing masks. Even the stripper uh-huh. doing her job, she was wearing masks. Uh, yeah, it was just really funny. I wonder if all the nursing homes in the rest of the world will start demanding to have strippers in their leisure hours. <laughs> and also, and they, they, they can the... circle jerk together. <laughs> I don't need to know that, but um, it was just really funny at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I do mean, you think about that? What are the ethics of that kind of entertainment, I guess? Well, Taiwan is a very. Um, there's a really conservative. A, I wouldn't say conservative, but very strange sort of conservative, uh, mm. and also a very polarized spectrum when you talk about sex because yeah, yeah, it is. there's a culture of having uh, strippers performing at the memorial service. Um, I don't know if you what. Yeah, don't you know that? I think um, some of the regions in South Taiwan, which is more predominantly non whitewashed or non westernized um, mm. they still have strippers performing at memorial service as in oh yeah we have to um, send off this dude with a nice performance with an ejaculation um, <laughs> with an erection what well I, I think they just think it's you know it's a, just a type of performance and a type of entertainment that's it and um, there's huh. nothing wrong with that but no. I, I found it really kind of like hypocrite, hypocritical of the people who were saying that oh no it's wrong you know it's the same people who will be complaining about sex workers who will be complaining yeah. about who will be complaining about the red light districts yeah but they will probably the same people who goes behind their wives to have an affair yeah 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 but I think it's if it's out in the open, it's transparent, and if yeah. the entertainers has you know she's there to earn money, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people. Living. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of Puritans in Taiwan. Uh-huh. I wonder if it. Yeah, I wonder if it's just a generational thing. Or, or yeah, because like like you said, in the southern part of Taiwan, um, Kaohsiung and all that, I, which actually I haven't been, and I'd love to. Um, I've only ever been to, you know, um, in Taipei and uh, sort of towards where we grew up, Zhanghua, which is like towards the top of the island. Um, yeah, it is more whitewashed when you, when you, you know, you, you yeah. made me think that. I'm like, Most Taipei is very, is such a, is such a, city. yeah, white it's city. Well-washed, it's well-washed, so yeah. white, yeah. It's very yeah. modern and Western, you mm-hmm. know, with Western values as well. That's also, um, Taipei is also the center of kind of, gay liberation and gay rights the mm-hmm. the gay lifestyle in taipei is very very open mm-hmm. it's almost like amsterdam i think if everyone's in the consent of saying that it's the job that they want to do and yeah there's there's quite complicated issues within the sex work industry but i think um watching that video is just i'm like yeah, if they're having fun, why not? Yeah, I know, I know. And it kind of, um, I, I, I don't know, Helen, but I think, I feel like when I was in Taiwan for one of our relatives' funerals, mm. or maybe I saw, I saw, because like often in Taiwan, what you'll see with funerals is like, it's a very public display. So people mm. will hire like big trucks and um, you will have people 
like um, have higher mourners and bands and they like yeah. literally kind of um, drive very slowly across the town. And so like uh, the whole town Would knows know when like someone has died. <laughs> and I think I remember, um, I, I do remember seeing like a couple of like women pole dancing at the back of a yes. truck. Yeah, something like that. Pole dancing yeah. or strippers. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, and like super loud music. Mm-hmm. It's called like some sort of like Chinese techno. Mm, interesting very interesting well going back to what Helen said about the you know every day on this podcast we're kind of mourning the fact that mourning the fact of how little the patriarchy has um, um, relinquished its grips on women's necks around women's necks Um, I've been reading John Stoltenberg and the reason why Helen is because you know I spoke to Olivia Lang last weekend and Mm -hmm. about her book and in her book she talks a lot about Andrea Dawkin and Andrea um, was of course the second um, the famous anti-porn feminist of the 70s and 80s a hero to many women like basically a powerhouse of a human being Mm -hmm. Uh, I really miss her and uh, she was married to John in the later years of her life I believe um, and reading John's book has been so um, depressing I have to say so I guess um, briefly his book talks about the shittiness of masculinity mm-hmm. and why masculinity is just like the worst thing that's ever plagued the society the world mm. um, and he talks about um, so the chapters are the chapters are titled things like eroticism and violence, disarmament and masculinity. Um, there's another chapter called Pornography and Freedom, Feminist Activism and Male Sexual Identity. And like the one I really want to quote from Helen is um, this chapter in the middle of the book called The Fetus as Penis. Sorry, Men's Self-Interest and Abortion Rights. And um, it's so horrifying to read this because he wrote this book 35 years ago 30 30 35 years ago they already identify that kind of issue and like yeah and he's already saying well he's he's writing like how um how it's getting worse back then and i'm like it's worse than worse now yes. in 2022 you know and uh the paragraph i want to read is um on the first page of this chapter hell and i'll just read it mm-hmm. he writes Men as a class have always expressed their feelings, eloquently and extensively. Men have expressed their feelings about women, death and absent fathers and turned those feelings into religions. Men have expressed their feelings about women, wealth, possession and territory and turned those feelings into laws and nation states. Men have expressed their feelings about women, murder and and the masculinity of other men and from those feelings forged battalions and detonable devices. And here's my favorite line. Men have expressed their feelings about women fucking and female rage against subjection and formed those feelings into psychiatry. Men have institutionalized their feelings so that whether or not a particular man is feeling the feeling at a particular time, the feeling is being expressed through the institutions men have made. Hmm. In conclusion is that men made everything that is to benefit themselves. Yeah. Yeah. To establish the laws, to create the narratives or how the world should function and how others should be repressed, suppressed below them. Yeah. And um, there's another line he says here um, that I haven't um, highlighted, but it it was something like um, 
the moment the reason why men are against abortion is um the moment that they allow women to do whatever women want with their bodies they lose power mm-hmm. yeah 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 very true yeah, yeah yeah which i completely agree with and they're scared of losing that power yeah. It's the same with what white it, people losing powers to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just I wanna live in a world where people are not interested in power. <sighs> yeah. But that's, that's the thing, Helen. Happen. That's yeah. the thing, because you know why? Because human nature, it is in human nature to want power. Yeah. You know? It's inherently that you need to have power to assert I guess your identity, I think. Some people need power to assert their own yeah. identity and some people need a power to obtain property, some people need power to I don't know, to survive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really depressing. But, like, I don't know how to... Like, I was thinking, if I ever have kids, I would love them to not be interested in obtaining power. But how do you do that? You know? Well, if you're going to teach your kid like that, they're very, very much likely they will be... To get bullied? Yeah, they will be the one who will be... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's important to find, like, a middle point. But I think in the world depends where you want your kids to reach for i think power is really inescapable is that the word yeah 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 yeah, that's the word yeah yeah Mm. what else have you read or watched this week we finished the resort okay Uh uh-huh yeah was that fun look i um didn't really like the ending Uh uh-huh it was so a it's only one like, season. There's yeah, no... there's only one season, which we appreciate because often things drag on unnecessarily. Um, but, uh, I mean, the fourth or the fifth episode, mm-hmm. um, at the end of it, was like the most amazing thing I've ever encountered. Oh, the, okay. the sort of twist. But the end was like, I, I didn't really like it. It was too, like, mystical and hoo-ha for me. Oh, yeah. okay. What about you? You've been watching Paper yeah, Girls. Yeah, I've been watching Paper Girls uh, this week. So for those who doesn't know, it's a mis- mystery slash science fiction comic book mm-hmm. series. Yeah, it was an adaptation from the graphic novel that was created by Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chin. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian K. Vaughan, I don't know. Is he is he like Asian or something? Doesn't I don't really know if he's... Uh, Vaughan oh, sounds no. like Vietnamese. No, 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 he's a white dude. It's V-A-U-G-H-A-N. Okay, anyway, but the, the, the graphic novel was um, was illustrated by the an Asian-American, I think. Yeah, and I really... Hmm. I, I don't know if I should say that I joined it, but I just found it interesting to watch something that is not really lead by white people because um, Paper Girl follows the story of four 12-year-old newspaper delivery girls. Um, there's one white Jewish girl, a white tomboy, a black girl, and the center, kind of the protagonist is, uh, is an Asi- is a Chinese-American. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the name of the actor, but it's basically that in the story started from the late 1980s, um, the morning after Halloween, which is called the Hell Day. I didn't even know mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the town where these four um, paper girls uh, were struck by an invasion from like a invisible, mysterious force from the future, and they time traveled thirty-one years later. And the Chinese girl encounters her older self, which is played by Ali Wan. <laughs> Legend, legendary <laughs> Ali Wong. 
<laughs> I found it so funny because the perception that we get from Ellie Wong from her previous work is always like very straightforward, loud, and kind of a little bit intimidating because yeah, the, yeah. the the um kind of the facade that she presents is always a very loud and you know intimidating, gregarious, yeah, yeah. But the character she play is very timid. Uh, it's just totally opposite to the ones that she danced before. She done before, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's really pushing her um, out of on uh, uh, the previous boundaries of her work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's quite interesting. We're only like we're only into like third episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. People say that it's very similar to Stranger Things. Stranger Things. It's yeah, like Stranger I've Things never yeah, I never watched Yeah, Stranger you and I, Things. Helen, are the only people on the planet who never have watched, watched Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. <laughs> and I remain to be the only person who has not watched Stranger Things or Game of Thrones. Are you watching the latest <laughs> reboot of Game I'm of Thrones? I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I'm not going to watch the latest Game of Thrones. I will never I watch that shit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just <laughs> We just lost 500 of our listeners. <laughs> um, but I think Paper Girls really... Um, attracted me is because you know the center the center character is a asian girl you know one of the i haven't seen paper girls helen but um one of the tomboy characters i believe is a tomboy um reminds me of edward furlong yes right yes the haircut yes everything about her i was just Uh like that woman is hot sorry she's not a woman (laughs) she's a little girl (laughs) but she was like it's the attitude that she yeah, because yeah, I used to have a I had a major crush on Edward Furlong. Oh, did you? Circa Terminator Two, mm. um, nineteen ninety, whenever it was out. <laughs> John, what, what's his name again? John. John Connor. John Connor. That's it. Oh my God, I've got the yeah the pictures up on my screen. Yeah, he looks exactly yeah. like the character. Yeah, that girl that looks like com, just Edward Furlong. Yeah. yeah. Where is he Amazing. now? Goodness. Oh, he's probably like overweight and in rehab or something just kidding just kidding we love our celebrities hey um speaking of celebrities before we take a break and launch into helen's main topic for the week um have you been watching either the red carpet on the emmys or the venice film festival because uh, that's been yeah uh, it's been popular yeah. in the past week isn't it on TikTok yeah since i love I love watching who red wears carpet. What. I love the red carpet. I love it so much. It's just like so beautiful, and I wish I, I wish I could like have that um, attention. Like I wish I had a stylist, a, hair, uh-huh. a makeup artist, a, like a person who makes a dress just for me. Like seems so like seems so much been fun. Pampered. I say you've been pampered. You want to be yeah pampered. pampered. I know. Yeah, it's so nice. Like I can't. You know, I hate dressing up. Uh-huh. Right, I can't be bothered. But like, if someone else did it for me, it would be so nice. Yeah, because the mental load of thinking of what to dress, how to put your hair, it's, it's oh. it is very exhausting. And it you, is. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. like you don't you don't really know what's the best for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's why there are experts who do those kind of yes. things. <laughs> very true. Yeah. But talking say? about Emmy and Venice Film Festival, and also I think the Toronto International Film Festival happened this week. Um, oh yeah. The, oh uh, yeah. A lot of people were talking about Brendan Fraser. And oh yeah. Um, what happened to back him? Back and forth. He's... Text about Brendan Fraser. Because he's yeah. gained a bit of weight. Yeah, he's gained a bit of weight, and no one really knows what happened to him. You know, after his like Mummy's trilogy. Right. And. 
it was really popular in the 90s or was it yeah. 2000 i can't remember but yeah he just disappeared for some reason for a while wasn't okay. it yeah but only until that he reappeared with his latest film at the fetus um, film festival was it called the whale or something like that oh yeah everyone's talking about it it's trending yeah. all the time what and is it he, about he, Something about a writer and his estranged daughter's relationship. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, then there's the short clips of videos came up on either Facebook or Instagram, I can't remember, um, really explained what happened to him in the past few years. So and what happened he, to him? He had a lot of injuries when he was filming The Mummies. The Mummy, yeah. Mm. So injury kind of stopped him of taking more work and also I think this is the kind of like the epitome of the Hollywood when you yeah. kind of voice out um, your concern or if you become the victim of someone who is the, the perpetrator who is much more powerful than you and you talk about it you get kind of erased what happened? so he spoke about he said he was groped by one of the president of some sort of academy um, Ugh, associate, something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm guessing that is the reason that he probably wasn't given any other work because he spoke about it. You know, he was sexually right. harassed and he, he voiced out. And this is what we see constantly as well, you know. Even though that we, we speak for women, you know, and... At times, that if there's a male victim of sexual harassment, sexual assaults, usually they don't, they're not been, they're not been cared for. I think, mm. yeah. Mm. Well, it depends who you are. Re-raised. Yeah, which is very sad. Yeah. Um, did you? Uh, there's also the Sandra O's outfit. Did you see her? She was wearing oh, a pencil. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. She's just At the immaculate. Emmys. Yeah. Everything about her is just. Brilliant. It's just brilliant. But also, who cares about the Emmys? I only care about the dresses, but honestly, (laughs) nobody cares about the Emmys. Nobody cares about the Oscars. Nobody cares about anything these days except uh, what's in their backyard, I feel like. Everyone's become narcissists. Mm. And that is the the end of our podcast. Just kidding. (laughs) And we'll leave you with that. Jesse, too. Quote, everyone is a narcissist. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, I want to delve into some discussions about Serena Williams. Serena Williams! Yeah, and Helen's going to take us through it because I have no idea what's been going on with her. We'll be right back. Okay, so this is kind of a bit... Uh, maybe a bit old news. Uh, during the past weeks, the news of Serena Williams' final match, um, I think it was like two weekends ago when she was mm-hmm. defeated by the Australian player, I don't even know how to pronounce the name, Ajala Tom, Tomjanovic. Tomjanovic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the 23 Grand Slam champions made kind of like a tear jerking speech after her match thanking her parents and her sister Venus. Um, I heard that speech while I was driving and it's so annoying when you hear yeah. a heartfelt speech and you start kind of crying as well. You yeah. can't wipe your tears because you're driving. Well, yeah. can't you drive with one hand? Oh, I, I, I try not to, but it's just oh, okay. really hard. Good on you. Yeah. That's good. I, mean, I, I, I also cried during someone's speech at the Emmys. Oh, did you? 
I mean, I get emotional whenever the woman of color make speech like this. Yeah, me yeah. too. That's that's right. I cried during. Um, it's never I forget the her name. White woman, but <laughs> no, no. I, I I um cried during the speech by the woman who won best supporting actor. I think in a comedy series. She's the one in Abbott. Um, she won it for her role in Abbott Elementary, mm-hmm. and she sang like the beginning of her speech. Remember that big one. Um, I even wrote an article about it, but see how see how my memory works. I don't remember anything. So um, she um, and um, she wrote about how. Oh no! I, what am I talking about? I cried during Lizzo's speech. You know how Lizzo said, "When I was a little girl, I wanted. I, I'm not. I can't say it because I'm just gonna cry." Aww. But just check out Lizzo's speech because um, yeah, it was really good. I just cried so badly when I heard her speech. She was like, "I, I can't." <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I'm just going to cry and I don't want to cry right now. But just check out Lizzo's speech at the end when she talks about when I was a little girl and then that's when you will lose it. Yeah, it really makes connection for all of us, I feel. Like, woman of yeah. colour, that kind of, that's kind of sentiment that only us will understand. Yeah. Only yeah. us who has experienced through similar situations will understand. Yeah. yeah. So it was really teary. Um, was Alia in the back seat with you? Uh, I can't remember yeah, I think so. Yeah, but when I cry while driving, you know, I don't make any sounds, so she wouldn't know. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. almost as if the speech was signifying her departure from her career, even though that she had indicated her retirement, you know, earlier this year. Uh, yeah. Serena Williams said that. Um, well, she also said that you never know, you know, when asked yeah. if she will ever return to the tennis world in the future. Yeah, um, I think she went on a Jimmy Kimmel or something or Jimmy Fallon, and she said, "I yeah, might do a Tom Brady." Yeah, which is like you yeah. know, Tom Brady coming back from retirement. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, another thing that really hit me when I was listening to her speech was the challenge of looking after her family and the progression mm-hmm. in her tennis career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a fact. Everyone knows now that having it all, it's a myth for a woman. You know, when a woman makes a decision to have kids, even yeah. the greatest of all time, Serena Williams, needed to prioritize her children before a career. Like taking yeah. time off and after all, you know, pregnancy and giving birth are all really laborious work and woman takes most of that kind of responsibility and even if the society has improved seeing more women climbing the career ladder, mm. I feel like women are still subconsciously prioritizing the family first. And yeah. we get criticized more if we put our career first. You know, you, you never see men being a workaholic and because he's got a wife who's caring for his family at home. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, precisely. When we see an older male sportsman retires, you don't see any of them saying that, oh, my biological clock is ticking fast. I need to make a decision now to have a kid or not. Because the main reason, I think, for Serena Williams is that she's 41. She's the same age as me. And she wants to have another child. Really? Yeah. And I didn't know that. It's like, you know, when once you get older, it's... Harder. You don't have that much energy to... Yeah. You have less energy and it will become harder for her. Um... Yeah, so I just want to quickly read out. She actually wrote something on Vogue uh, recently. Mm-hmm. 
on Vogue, she said, "Believe me, I never wanted to have a, to choose between tennis and a family. I don't think it's fair. If I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this because I'll be out there playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family. Maybe I'll be more of a Tom Brady if I had that opportunity." Don't get me wrong. I love being a woman, and I love every second of being pregnant with Olympia, which is a first talk. Yeah. Um. I was one of those annoying women who adored being pregnant and was working until the day that I had to report to the hospital. Although things get super complicated on the other side, and I almost did do the impossible. A lot of people didn't realize I was two months pregnant when I won the Australian Open in 2017. But I'm turning 41 this month, and something's got to give. So for for、mm. those who doesn't know,、um, Tom Brady, 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 yeah. yeah. So he's an American football player who has everyone knows Tom Brady. Helen, I don't know. I I didn't know him when I was reading this. I don't follow、oh, the okay, US、sorry. US football. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, I don't follow the US football news. So he's the football. Oh no, he's not famous. I, I don't care about him being a footballer. I just care that he's the husband of Gis- Giselle Bundchen. Oh, the, the model. model. Yeah. That's all that matters. But anyway, go on. Yeah, so he's recently unretired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unretired and returning to、exactly. playing football. And and yeah, and、uh, he's not.、Uh, his wife is not happy. Apparently, they're、yeah. like about to get separated. Of course. Yeah. yeah. He sounds like a dick. <laughs> I mean, but again, with someone whose face is like that, of course he's a dick. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about you know whether or not we should take a moment and think. Perhaps、yeah. we should start thinking about not to use the word, word retirement for sportsmen. Or sports women,、Rest? sports people. What do you? What do、yeah. you want instead? Maybe transition. Because I transition, think the,、yeah. the word the word sounds like you're you're at the end. You're of coming、something. to an end. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a death sentence for someone. Yeah, and also like they, they, they've lived and breathed their sport since they were born, basically. Yeah, yeah. Since they started memorize, like since they could start thinking, you know. So to 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 have that all end must be absolutely shattering.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because、uh, I think I, I do believe Serena Williams will continue to do something with tennis.、Yeah. I even thought that she, like, can you know expand her family, have another child. I feel like there's always another opportunities for her that she could do with tennis. You know, it doesn't have to be that to compete. You know,、yeah. she could set up a foundation. You know,、mm-hmm. and、oh, I'm pretty sure that person like her will be able to achieve a lot in the future.、Mm-hmm. She's only forty one, so yeah. Yeah, don't really like using the retirement word. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Helen. Yeah, cancel retirement. Yeah, and on another、uh, on another perspective,、um, another news that's related with Serena Williams was about this racist white woman, Margaret、yeah. Court. All、um, oh, right, yeah, of course. A, she's complaining that she is better than Serena Williams. You know, a white woman trying to prove her existence by condescending another black woman's achievement. You know, it's really a pity act. Um, which reminds me,、say? she was saying that oh, I did better than her. I'm twenty four times champion. I'm twenty four times grand champions, and、um, it really reminded、mm. me of one of our episode this year.、Um, remember, we talked about the news how Jane Campion's comment. Yeah, that that will yeah. always that will always sit in my body. Like like a like a cut, honestly,、mm. or, or like a, a more like a that will always sit in my body as、um, a bomb that、yeah. will just keep going off in my body. 
It's just I so just, gaslighting. It makes me so angry. It makes it's me so, so angry. It's so gaslighting. It's like, it, oh, it yeah, makes, you did yeah. all this good work, but but you wouldn't understand the environment. You would never need you to invest yeah, in men. It. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, coming that from is, you, how can you? Sorry, that's yeah. that will always be the biggest, the, 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 one of the major, I, I will never get over that, basically. I will never get over that. Mm. It's almost like they couldn't bear to see a woman of colour rises above them. Yeah, I know, exactly. You know, it, it happens so frequently with especially like older women. I, I don't know why, yeah. but it's like, oh, I, you haven't had it as hard as me when I was younger. Or, oh, I hate that. I hate that. It's ridiculous. It's like, you, you're, not, you're not in the same yeah, generation. You, How can you yeah, understand? You're not in my body. It's, I know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a sense of jealousy. I try to kind of yeah. establish their own existence by saying very controversial things because Margaret Court, after all, she's like homophobic, racist, transphobic, yeah, everything. Transphobic, everything. Everything that's everybody. that's wrong with the world. Hey, um, did people um in Melbourne mm. did they change the name of the court? I don't think so. Not yet. Oh, yeah. It just shows how racist that Australia still is. Like, oh, mm. homophobic. It's, yeah. I probably have to look up. I think there was a lot of discussion about it, but I'm not quite sure. I didn't follow it, whether or not they removed mm. her name of that tennis court. How yeah. Anyway. Anyway, any, any final, final thoughts, thoughts for the thoughts episode, Helen? About the things, about discussion today? Any final oh, thoughts? Any final <laughs> our phone cut off and we said any final thoughts at the same time um no i i'm i'm like um sufficiently raged up as i always am after speaking with you yeah okay raged Uh, against the patriarchy yes absolutely uh before we end the episode don't forget to grab your tickets to the sydney fringe festival's template theater production which is happening from the 20th september to the 24th of september um Stay tuned for a bonus episode this week where I chat to the two amazing theatre artists about their work. So that is Chain Play, uh, production by Slender Theatre and Marrickville's Flight Path Theatre from the 20th to the 24th of September. Amazing. Catch tickets. So that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like to support what we do here at Asian Speeches Down Under... Head to Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality of the podcast industry. So that's it from us this um, this week. We'll chat to you next time. Take care, guys. Stay (laughs) anti-patriarchal. Bye.